Hello, and welcome to the Aquarian Spirals podcast. Musings on astrology, cosmology, practical woo, non-monogamy, and just general witchiness. Your guide to love-soaked revolution and paradigm shift. Hello and welcome to episode number 11 for Thursday, March 12th, 2020. I'm your host, Amanda Moreno, astrologer, soul worker, paradigm buster, and big time fan of supporting my immune system in whatever ways I can. I'm so happy to be back with you for today's episode. Uh, we're fresh out of a Mercury retrograde headed into Saturn switching signs, which is a really big shift in the energy. But more than that, and you know, as if I don't say this all the time, but there's a fucking lot going on in the world. And this bump up in intensity has a name, COVID-19, which manifests as coronavirus disease. And of course, I am reporting from, I guess, the U.S. epicenter of the outbreak, uh, Seattle, Washington. Um, but what I'm going to do in this episode is just take some time to go over the astrology of the rest of this month alongside a few more words about the astrology of the past few days. And that's something that I also covered in my full moon call that my patrons have access to. And then I'm going to talk about astrology and coronavirus. And, you know, we might get a little bit in there about Super Tuesday and the primaries as well, but we'll see. I've actually had a few of you send in questions about the astrology of the virus, and I have to say I'm I'm very undecided about how helpful it is to get all ooh and ah in terms of taking an astrological view of this pandemic at this point in time, um, especially in a format like this. But I do believe that astrology can help us to cope and give us a framework under which we can orient ourselves. So I'm going to address it from that point of view in the second half of this podcast. Just keeping in mind that I'm not a medical professional. I'm an astrologer with a deep background in social sciences and psychology. And granted, that is specifically psychology of apocalypse. So that does seem relevant. Uh, But you can learn more about that part of me in episode one. And remember that I did an episode on the astrology of 2020 back in January, and folks who are patrons also got a half-hour webinar in addition to that on the more concrete aspects of 2020 astrology, so you can sign up for my Patreon and access that webinar now. Um, But let's go ahead and just move into the astrology for the rest of the month. Okay, so just a disclaimer for my friends who are listening, who aren't so into the astrology thing, or for whom it's a foreign language, there's going to be lots of great info in this segment for everyone, but it will have some jargon and technicalities involved. So I'd say either skip to part two, which will actually also have some astro talk and does link back to segment one, but it would still be an okay thing to do. Or listen with an ear towards concepts. Don't get mired down in the astrologies. And P.S. I love you for listening. So I think sometimes it sounds like folks, including astrologers, are overhyping Mercury retrogrades, but holy God, this last one was a doozy. It was February 16th to March 9th, and I myself was in the middle of all kinds of shadow work and emotional blatherings and then, you know, extreme fatigue and overwhelm. Uh, But we also saw and are continuing to see key Pisces-Virgo themes arise in the collective, right? And I'm looping those two signs together because they exist as a set of polarities, and we'll probably talk about them even more in segment two. 
But for now, you know, anxiety is a Pisces keyword uh, and a Virgo keyword with Pisces anxiety being more of the existential, you know, can't describe it. There's no explanation for it kind of anxiety. And then Virgo anxiety being more of the I'm anxious because I'm thinking about everything and every possible option and worrying and my mind will not stop running uh, kind of anxiety. So we also get overwhelm and confusion and hopelessness and feelings of being lost or isolated. Um, Lack can be a big theme of the Virgo Pisces axis, you know, and you can see that in terms of people's fears driving them to hoarding type behaviors right now. Um, No judgment there though, because people hoard or just try to stock up when they're feeling insecure about resources and it, it makes a level of sense. Um, and I'll try to tie this all together in part two of the show, but just to get like the baseline of where we are right now. And, um, for those of you who learn astrology with me, you know, that I try to get you to identify the archetypes in the world around you, right? So in the news, in the headlines and mass social behaviors, cause that tunes us into the textures and depth of these archetypes. And the past few weeks have been a really great exercise in that. But now we're kind of shifting out of this Pisces Virgo delusion into several key changes that are happening in the last few weeks of this month. So the biggest one is that Saturn is shifting out of Capricorn where it's been since December of 2017 and into Aquarius. And that takes place on March 21st. So, you know, keep in mind that we're just going to get a preview of Saturn and Capricorn because Saturn will then retrograde back into Capricorn in July and stay there until mid-December. And then it'll enter Aquarius where it will stay for a few years at that point. So March 21st to, I believe it's mid-July, we'll have a preview of Saturn and Aquarius. And now in some ways, this little preview marks a really big and possibly alleviating shift. And I say alleviating because we have had so much emphasis on Capricorn for so long. And Saturn is super strong in Capricorn. It's, you know, it's still the traditional ruler of Aquarius too, but hey, you know, change is change. So Saturn has also been ruling the transiting south node of the moon too, emphasizing those themes of guilt and isolation and punishment and fear even more. We've been in this big process of being asked to confront our conditioning and our fears and to work through them. And that kind of takes a step away from center stage and I guess, you know, to to side stage once Saturn moves into Aquarius. Although, you know, that Saturn Capricorn energy is not entirely off the stage because, well, Pluto's still in Capi for a while and Jupiter is still there till the end of the year. Uh, But as Saturn shifts out and then the south node of the moon shifts out in May, we, we get at least, you know, a little bit of that alleviation. But anyway, the shift into Aquarius also helps us begin our move away from years of cardinal sign emphasis into more fixed sign emphasis. Taurus or Uranus is already in Taurus, and then we'll get Saturn moving in to Aquarius. And again, this is not better or worse, it's just different. Uh, those of you, for example, who maybe have a lot of planets and angles in Capricorn are like, hooray, Saturn's away from that. And those of you with a lot of emphasis on the fixed signs are probably like, ugh, oh no. So it all depends on everything per usual. Um, But when Saturn moves into Aquarius, it will be squaring Uranus. So again, it's kind of just like the tension we've had changes in some ways. So we're going to get a preview of what the Saturn-Uranus square, which is a really dominant theme of 2021, might have in store for us at the personal level, but definitely societally as well. 
And with coronavirus, excuse me, coronavirus in general, um, this is going to be happening as more and more areas are probably going to start taking the steps that Seattle is taking, right? Shutting shutting, Shutting down large public gatherings and things like that. Um, Saturn is walls or confinement or boundaries and Aquarius is community, right? We're undergoing major, very, very rapid societal reshifting at this point in order to try and slow down the transmission of this virus. And this is taking place at a world level as well, right? So Uranus and Taurus is trying to help us shift our relationship with our resources and the natural world and with money. And again, you can see examples of these themes playing out already in the world around you, you know, in terms of the stock market, for example, or how people are using or hoarding or relating to their resources right now. On March 20, 20, sorry, 31st, Mars comes into a conjunction with Saturn and that'll be in that zero degree of Aquarius mark. So this this might add some drama to the mix. And I'm I'm not really talking like Leo style drama. I'm talking like world stage level intensity. The structures of our society have been needing big time change for a long time. And these transits reflect an intensification of that theme. So no matter the case, I think you know, it's important to take care of business now, like whatever that means for you. Maybe it's tax related. Maybe it's preparing your own emergency kit. Maybe it's having that conversation you've been needing to have with your lover or friends or family. Maybe it's getting some vitamins, right? Or maybe it's just the things that you would do any spring, like plant your garden or clean out your house. We also have the spring equinox, which is the astrological new year, or when the sun enters the zone of the sky, we call it Aries, um, followed by an Aries new moon. It was so interesting because I usually see that time of year as a big old burst of springtime energy. It's joy and bounciness and forward movement. But when I was doing all my 2020 readings, looking at the symbolism and leaning into the energy at the intuitive level, for the vast majority of people, I was saying something like, you might want to plan on some alone time around the vernal equinox in March. And it looks like some of us are going to have that kind of enforced by a need to slow virus spread. So we have um, Mercury moving back into Pisces on March 16th, the sun moving into Aries on March 19th, Saturn into Aquarius on March 21st, a new moon on March 24th, and then Saturn conjunct Mars in Aquarius, both of them squaring Uranus on March 31st. That's a lot of change. Um, And remember that Mars Aries energy can be very associated with inflammation. So I advise you to pay attention to where you're feeling physically or emotionally inflamed, right? And take steps to address it accordingly. And also with that Mars-Saturn conjunction, Mars wants to go, 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 go. And and Saturn wants to put walls and boundaries and do things slowly and methodically. Um, So that's some cranky energy there. And we're dealing with this Mars-Saturn alignments throughout the year. So I don't know what's going to happen at the world stage, but things do look very tense. And And that's not news, right? This isn't like me, your fortune-telling astrologer, telling you something you don't already know. It's not anything I haven't talked about before. It's not anything that you don't see just by looking at the news right now. But we're starting to see how those themes we're talking about at the metaphorical level can be playing out. 
which is why it's important to remember that all of these archetypes have good qualities too, right? Saturn and Aquarius can be um, very much about doing the rebuilding that needs to be done to house our institutions and infrastructure, right? Or we're seeing right now, we're seeing that right now, and it's probably going to be made more clear how important it is to slow the spread of coronavirus, not only because, sorry, not because it's super deadly, but because our healthcare system in the U.S. is kind of a mess. It can't handle an influx of acute patients. So we're just trying to slow it now, slow it down, right? So that we don't tax that infrastructure more than we already are. And so that we try to ensure that folks who need help can get it. Okay. So now it is time for a word for our from our Registration for my Evolutionary Astrology Intensive is up and running, and I am so excited for this course. It runs from April 14th to June 30th, and we'll go over everything you need to know to be able to interpret charts from the evolutionary astrology perspective, while also covering philosophy and the ethics of working with karmic astrology. Plus, it'll include three one-on-one sessions with me so that you'll get coaching, support, past life integration work, shadow integration work, and more. The course is 12 lectures, four Q&A sessions, and two workshops, all of which will be recorded, and it'll be a really fantastic and thorough deep dive. You can get the full details at aquarianspirals.com EA, and keep in mind that in addition to the two partial scholarships I'm offering, patrons get 25% off of this and all online classes. See the show notes for more linkages. Okay. So as I said before, um, I'm not sure how helpful it is to look at astrology right now and say, oh, this virus is happening because blah, blah, blah. Uh, Astrology is really powerful and potent in that way, and I'm definitely tracking it in that way, but I think it can also kind of help us to um, objectify things in ways that aren't necessarily helpful. So, you know... What I'm going to do is more use it as a framework for understanding how it plays into the context of the times that we live in, uh, in terms of astrology I've been talking about for years, and kind of like how astrology gives us an insight into what we can do about it or what we're being asked to grow into right now um, at the personal level and at the collective levels. So, you know, the Saturn-Pluto era that we're in right now is defined by Richard Tarnas as indicative of cycles of crisis and contraction. And we've had so much breakdown and breakthrough during the Uranus-Pluto square between 2011 and 2015. And now we're integrating all of that, but we're also still reacting and we're very much seeing the cracks in the foundations of our society. And the main point, I guess, y'all, is our structures have got to be transformed. This pandemic is illuminating that in big, huge neon signs. Nobody can escape something like a pandemic, right? Um, And the issue with this virus isn't that it's super deadly, although, you know, data is still coming in and it certainly is deadly for some populations and that is not to be downplayed. But the issue is that current numbers say that around 20% of cases require hospitalization. And although I'm pretty meticulous with my research at this point and finding primary sources, I always, always, always suggest you double check my numbers. 
uh, find information for yourself. But but in any case, you know, the reason why the response has been so dramatic here in Seattle, even though in many ways it probably hasn't been dramatic quickly enough, is because we're trying to flatten the curve. And you can find graphs about this online, but the gist of it is that without limiting public gatherings and potentials for exposure, cases of this virus will expand exponentially. If we comply with social distancing, which means staying three to six feet away from folks, and self-quarantine, which at this point means staying home for two weeks if you're sick or believe you've been exposed, uh, cases grow at a more measured rate. They grow at a rate that hypothetically speaking, potentially, our medical and healthcare systems can handle at least a little bit better, even though we all know that those systems are already pretty maxed just on a day-to-day basis. And so the cat is out of the bag, right? The virus is not going away. But we can take steps as members of society to ensure that folks who need to get acute care can get it. And that is transformative, transformative restructuring of society right there, keeping in mind the well-being of the least fortunate among us or the populations that will likely need care and doing our part to keep them safe, right? And that also, you know, coming from that framework, you know, especially for younger folks, um, you'll probably, you'd probably just get a mild version of this cold, right? But um, that way of thinking about society as a whole is kind of flying in the face of capitalist mentality, which is very much a me, me, me type of thing, right? And so for many of us, we'll get the virus and it'll be just like a regular cold, right? But for others, they'll need medical professionals and medical equipment. And those medical professionals need to have supplies, right? Like masks to make sure that they can stay healthy and that they cannot pass other things on to people. And there is one specific part of the astrology that I do want to dive into because I think it'll be helpful. And so this week we have Chiron and Aries squaring the nodes of the moon. That's the North node in Cancer and the South node in Capricorn. Um, so when we have a planet or centaur, centaur planet in Chiron's case, squaring the nodes, we have a karmic quandary, a karmic crisis. This is being played out at the collective level in so many ways right now. Chiron can be summed up as representing the wounded healer, sure, but it's also talking about the process of coming into consciousness. And that's specifically the pain associated with increased awareness that, you know, that kind of silly saying, ignorance is bliss, comes to mind, right? But Chiron represents our coming to awareness of ourselves, of the world around us, but more specifically than that, a wound, a part of us that is different and that always will be. And so it's also related to feelings of being separate. And so just as a baseline, that stuff can be being triggered within people right now. So Chiron and Aries squaring the nodes is emphasizing wounds and pains we have experienced where we feel like we can't express ourselves. It can bring out the toddler in us that just wants to have our way, right? It can bring out inflammation and anger and aggression and reactivity. Aries is that energy that doesn't think first. There's just acting, right? Reaction. In a lot of ways, um, it makes me think of like, for example, the fact that pretty much every social event I've been invited to for the next month has been canceled, along with very likely a much needed vacation I was looking forward to that was going to be out of the country. Uh, Chiron and Aries square the nodes might be, you know, me throwing a temper tantrum over that or just getting angry and upset. 
And I'm not actually feeling any of those things right now, but but that's an example and maybe it's a bad one, but taking it a step, step deeper, <clears throat> Chiron in this placement is also associated with cellular memories. So it's kind of like cellular memories is kind of like science speak for past life content. And when I'm seeing the symbolism in the context of our current situation, I do think of inflammation and I think of fevers and maybe this is triggering conscious or unconscious memories of being sick as a child. Any fear or grief associated with that might be arising for you right now, right? So it's being aware that you might be triggered. But this can also represent deep soul memories, so cellular memories, right? We think of that in terms of like genetics being passed down. But however you explain it, you know, it's lots of us have past lifetimes where we've lived through epidemics. Lots of us have family lines that have lived through epidemics or something as terrifying and terrible as the gas chamber, right? Ancestral memories, stories that have been passed down in our families about sicknesses and ailments, those things live inside of us very much. And, you know, the lungs are the part of the body where this virus seems to be attaching, right? That That's what it's attacking. And so fear of not being able to breathe can be alive and well right now too, um, and Chiron also represents chronic conditions. And we know that those with chronic conditions are more at risk now. And so as we're listening to this, I also just want to say, why don't we just take a moment to breathe here? Take a deep breath. <sighs> and so other things that can be arising that are also reflected in the symbolism is, you know, literal separation and isolation, the symbol of isolation is very present in the astrology right now. And it's not just the Chiron symbolism. It, it's, it's Pisces and Capricorn too. So what do we do with all of this? In EA, we refer to the resolution node, which is when a planet is squaring the nodes, we, we look to the resolution node, which in this case is the south node in Capricorn. And healthy Capricorn is about maturity and responsibility. That's responsibility that's not distorted by judgment and guilt or fear or threat of punishment. It's also asking us to bring awareness of consciousness uh, to our own wounds and fears right now, just as we, you know, try to take responsibility in terms of what will be helpful to society. With that consciousness, through paying attention and taking responsibility, we can then try to mitigate the crisis, not just for ourselves, but for everyone that we are connected to in our communities. And y'all, I gotta say, it's hard to change using consciousness and awareness and slow, steady processes. Humans tend to wait until we hurt enough to change it. In fact, we waste we wait past the point when we hurt enough. Look at what's going on with the climate. Um, and that's, you know, a very Western-centric point of view, but that is the way that it seems to be now. And I am assuming that those of you who are listening to this can see that in the world around us, right? It's, it's hard to change. But we have opportunities to not wait until it hurts enough. We have information coming in from other places where this virus has taken hold. Um, we know that social distancing is important. We know that isolating is important. And so we have an opportunity to prepare for this 
rather than to just wait and see what happens. And the change, that change can still feel cataclysmic and catastrophic, catastrophic and apocalyptic, even when we're taking steps to curb the impact. And that's where, again, anger and emotions can come up. But we can consciously take steps as well to deal with those emotions and deal with those fears rather than allowing them to feed into that viral contagion of fear, right? We very much have virus going on at the literal and metaphorical levels right now. And so Saturn's last little gasps in Capricorn as ruler of the South Node is also bringing our Capricorn lessons of the past, you know, year and a half or so to a focal point. How do we take responsibility for ourselves in light of the societal situation? Even if it sucks, even if it make us makes us mad or scared or just wanting to avoid and ignore. When there is a planet squaring the nodes, we also have the potential to, to really screw up, quite honestly, to create what is called a skipped step. Right. And I think that going into our subjective experience and getting stuck there in our emotions of feeling like, why me? Why is this happening? Um, can be detrimental to some extent. So if you find that happening for you, you know, pay attention to what's happening in those moments, but then do what you can to zoom out again. Do what you can to ground and get a grasp on the bigger picture. Because we, we are living through hard times. There is no getting around that. We are also living in complex times because there's still those moments of joy and the great things about being alive, especially in a culture with so much abundance. And we get to celebrate that and we still get to connect and we still get to take breaks from the hardness of it all. But right now, it is about community resilience, and it is about taking care of each other and taking care of ourselves and refusing to numb out and turn a blind eye and pretend like everything is normal, because it's not. It is not normal. It's very much not normal here in Seattle. It's not normal in the rest of the world. And and even without this virus, it's not normal. There is nothing normal about climate change. There is nothing normal about, you know, the regime that is in control in not just the United States, but a lot of countries around the world. And so that Capricorn resolution node is emphasized right now, giving us an opportunity to do those Capricorn themes in a healthy way. So, you know, instead of fear and punishment and forced isolation and shunning people and outcasting difference, we get to mature. We get to grow up. We are growing up right now. We're being asked to rise to that occasion. And so we're taking responsibility for our own actions and taking steps to care for each other. And that's that cancer North node coming in too, because it is about integration. And that North node is still, you know, the the medicine for us that gets to be activated. So care, gentleness, slowing down. What are you feeding yourself? How is your, you know, immune system doing? How How are you caring for yourself and others if you have bandwidth emotionally? And we have to do all this quickly and fiercely. There's the Aries square to the nodes. And and possibly for a sustained period of time, there we are back to the Capricorn symbolism, hard adult decisions. And, you know, the downside, one of the downsides to that square is that we'll probably keep seeing inflammation and, you know, that's metaphorically and literally. We'll see reactiveness. We'll see temper tantrums and meltdowns. I'm thinking particularly on the world stage with our leaders. But you, my friends, you can be the change. 
And remember too that fear is a big part of Capricorn. Fear can also go viral. So it's important to stay informed, especially by listening to press conferences and reading things put out by your local department of health. But be careful with your social media intake. And so I want to share with you something that I've been doing um, on my own to try and, you know, help ground and center myself and keep myself well fed at this spirit at the spiritual and emotional levels. And although it has physical impact as well. So in my full moon call earlier this week, I talked about the importance of ritual. And I'm not talking big extravagant ritual or lunar ritual. Um, I'm talking just Virgo ritual, the kind of like day-to-day ritual, the practical. And you don't have to think about it in terms of religion. Right, having a daily ritual is a really incredible way to ground yourself, um, and I dare say that during virus fear, it's even more poignant. Right, like having routines, especially as people are being like knocked out of their their day to day jobs and things like that. So, let me just share with you what I've been doing every day this whole lunar cycle. I get up in the morning, I make myself a cup of tea, usually nettle, because that's what I use to help with allergy season, but any tea will do. And I've currently, you know, I've got some ginger turmeric going right now. Yesterday, I had some really spicy chai. Um, But I put the tea on my altar as a gift to the goddess I'm working with. Uh, I'm choosing to build my relationship with the goddess of healing right now for many reasons, but um, this fits in quite nicely. So then I light a candle, and I sit and breathe. Just deep breaths, fully in and fully out. Um, I roll my head from side to side. I stretch my neck. I shrug my shoulders. Sometimes I'll rub my pecs or my hands or my feet. I move my spine around. But I breathe more. You know, breath is always important. I'm always saying just take deep breaths. Uh, But if you think about it in terms of the fact that the virus targets the lungs and the fact that the lungs are associated with grief giving them lots of time to freely breathe just seems wise. Um, I've been using a little bit of mantra, usually just OM, right? Holding that OM sound, Uh, sometimes so hum. And honestly, just holding the sound feels good to me, just feeling the vibrations. And it also gives my head, my mind a chance to rest. So I'll just make that sound three to five times. Sometimes I pray or have a conversation with the goddess Um, I sit and sip my tea. And then usually before the tea is done, I move over to my computer where I've been writing morning pages. And that can just be like a brain dump, right? Um, But sometimes when I'm supposed to be writing, I just end up with my eyes closed listening to birds chirp, right? So silence and no movement are very grounding to me. They feel like relief. They feel like they lessen this kind of like dead deadening I felt in my third eye area between my eyebrows. And there's so much chatter in the collective right now. So those of you who are empaths or empathians, as I like to call you, that silence and breathing thing is a real, real good investment to make every single day, more than once if you can. Um, In the summertime, I'll add a walk to the mix, but the practice itself is usually about 20 minutes, maybe less if I don't write much or more if I do. From there, I move on to cleaning the surfaces of my house. That's a new virus-specific thing, but I wipe everything down with bleach or just a cleaning spray. And I try to open the windows if I can. To me, this feels, you know, this all feels very positive. It doesn't feel like I'm doing things out of fear. It's like, hey, I'm being proactive and I'm taking my health into my own hands. But it's also very, it's also very practical, right? So then I usually make breakfast while listening to a podcast. So that's how I start my day. 
And there's so many different layers of things going on in there, but it's a way for me to ground and center into my day and give myself some rest and some silence. And I also want to talk about preventative measures a little bit. There's a lot of, you know, emphasis right now on stocking up on dried goods like pasta and rice or paper goods like toilet paper. But y'all, we also have a great tool for sickness fighting and it's our bodies. Our bodies are magical. Science proves that. Have you ever, you know, learned about your immune system? I highly recommend it. Uh, Maybe make a daily ritual out of learning something new about your immune system each day. Um, It's profoundly helpful to feed and water your body in a way that makes it work as well as it can, especially right now. Uh, I think that that the health theme is a big one right now with all the Virgo energy, but also with the Cancerian energy. Again, care. And this doesn't mean you have to be perfect, but part of the maturation process of Capricorn is, you know, it makes sense to give your body what it needs to fight illness. It makes sense to give your body what it needs to run well. And of course, you know, if you're immune compromised or have lung issues or chronic illness, you want to do what your doctor tells you as well. Um, But Western medicine has so acclimated us to just waiting for things to go haywire and then like slapping a Band-Aid on it in the form of pharmaceutical intervention. And that's not the way that it has to be. So, you know, again, a reminder, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a medical practitioner in any way. I am not a naturopath. I'm not an herbalist. I am, however, you know, a human with chronic illness that is specifically related to my immune system, um, who has been focusing full time on feeding my immune system for the past six months. So bodies love to receive your love in the form of foods and drinks. It is no joke that fresh fruits and veggies are really good for you, but they're also super important. Immune systems love vitamin C and D and A, and they love water, way more water than you think you need most likely. If your lungs are feeling yucky, it can be helpful to avoid dairy. Uh, Dairy creates mucus and phlegm that can aggravate post-nasal drip and all that good stuff for many of us. It's also linked to inflammation, and an inflamed system makes it harder for the immune system to do its job. So again, just see if you can frame this as practical, methodical preparation. It doesn't hurt to have some extra food around. It doesn't hurt to talk to folks you love about their plans or mental health care needs y'all might have. You know, for me, I've enjoyed getting some extra goodies like some new nettle leaf and some tea for respiratory support. It doesn't hurt. I bet I'll use it at some point in time, if not now, and I can offer it to other folks if they end up needing it. Okay. That was a lot of words, and there's still so much more to say, so hopefully I'll be back with you soon. As always, please feel free to write in with questions for the podcast. I love, love, love hearing from folks, and I love answering questions. Uh, If you want some more insight into Saturn and Aquarius, I have moved my March Astro Circle to online. It'll be March 24th, and we'll be talking about Saturn and Aquarius. And then, of course, there's my evolutionary astrology immersion. I am launching in just over enough. It's going to be in just over a month. It's going to be so freaking good. Um, So peace and love and good health to you all and responsible nurturance. Uh, Till next time, please take good care. And, you know, don't forget to wash your hands way more often than you think you should. And for 20 seconds each time. All right. Take care.